Hey everyone, welcome to a new episode of Misaligned. A quick scheduling note, we will have a guest episode next week, but Thanksgiving week, we will not air an episode on Thanksgiving because one, I don't want to edit Thanksgiving week, and two, you guys should just go enjoy your Thanksgiving and then- And be fat and full of like food coma stuff. Eat lots of food. And then the following week is when we will do our- book pick episode for November and I believe that will end up airing on December 1st or somewhere around there so there's still plenty of time to read our book pick if you have not done so yet and that is Rob Sheffield's Talking to Girls About Duran Duran. It's very good so far. It's my first time reading it so it's it's worth it but he's always a good author so. Yeah how far into it are you so far? Uh, I want to say about a third of the way through. Pacing yourself for the podcast? <laughs> well, yes and no. I've just been really busy over the past few weeks, so it's been one of those things. Yeah, I'll probably either look up some summaries or reviews on it or something just to kind of jog my memory because I, like you, I've read a few of his books except for, you know, the new one and the Bright Eyes book. So, you know, between that and Love is a Mixtape, some things get a little jumbled up, but once I do that, we should definitely be good to go for the podcast right after Thanksgiving. Oh, yeah. But today, we are going to be talking all about the CMAs, so ironically enough, you know, ne- next week's guest episode is with Craig Manning, and he sort of focuses more on country folk americana type music so you guys might be getting some country two weeks in a row here so bear with us through that if it's not your favorite thing or you know feel free to skip these episodes that's totally up to you guys i think it'll be a good segue at least yeah this week we want to just talk about the cmas because it was their 50th anniversary so they have had 50 years of this award show and you know they had some non-country music guests and they did a tribute to a lot of the kind of original old-timey country singers there was a big tribute to dolly and then you know we had some willie nelson songs some merle haggard thrown in there and a bunch of you know these older songs that definitely fall more under the country category than i think a lot of people portray the new country music as because to them that's sort of just like a mix of pop and rock which is more of the current Americana scene with like Dawes and the Avett brothers. And you can see where the roots come in very easily with all of that. And I think one of the good things about this award show, so I should say, we all know that I'm not the biggest country fan. I think it's been discussed before on here. And I watched it solely because uh, Beyonce was going to be on it. Terrible reason to watch it, I'm sure. But I also watched it for the fashion, which is another story for another podcast that probably isn't this one. (laughs) (laughs) But of note, Randy Travis actually sang on stage with everyone in the opening number with all the tributes to everyone. And for those of you that don't know, he suffered a stroke a few months ago and has been recovering since then and to actually hear him sing again even if it's just for a short time, is just incredible. Yeah, he literally sang one word. Yeah. But it was it was enough to bring just tears to everyone's eyes to see that. 
Um, but I think we could actually talk a lot about the performers this year because it was very eclectic mix, even though I do believe Florida Georgia Line should just I'm going to hate myself for saying this, my God. They should just cruise right back to where they came from and never, ever make music ever again. I really hate myself for saying that. Yeah, and they performed um, twice, I believe. They performed... Did they? I thought it was only once. Well, didn't they perform by themselves and then they did their song with Tim? Or was it Tim performed by himself and then sang with them? I think I it think was, t- uh, Tim, Tim performing twice, and then yes. performing with... Yeah, because okay. Tim McGraw has more he's more popular country world i would say oddly enough with the performances that's how i found out that a song that i've really been jamming over the past few months which is my church by maren morris that's how i found it it was a country song by a country singer because clearly i just don't google things (laughs) and i love that song i really do and what's interesting is i was actually texting my friend from high school who's a huge country music fan And she was enjoying my commentary, and she said, wait a minute, you're enjoying this? Isn't this the stuff you hated in high school? And, like, do you even know who those singers are that she's referencing in that song? And I said, well, duh, Johnny Cash is a legend. I mean, come on. So there was that. Pleasantly surprised some people. Yeah, and while I don't remember who won which awards, but I do know that Maren Morris did win, I believe, New Artist. I think so. I think and that was the one she won. It's funny because next week I'll be talking about her a bit with Craig because we've already recorded that episode. So I know this is happening, guys. <laughs> <laughs> See, perfect segue into next week's episode. And I actually found out about her because of him. So then, you know, I think I read his review on her album from this year and then I went and listened to it. And then all of a sudden I started hearing it on the radio and then, you know, she's performing at the CMAs and it's just been such a huge year for her specifically. And I think it really has. She's someone who sort of reminds me of Casey Musgrave's trajectory into the country music world because, you know, Casey came out with that solid first album, same trailer, different park. And then, you know, she kind of started performing at all of the country award shows and she even performed for this one while it wasn't you know her own song she was part of the dolly tribute and because of how different casey musgraves is from the mainstream country ladies i think she was a really good choice for the dolly tribute even though they did have you know reba martina mcbride carrie underwood and jennifer nettles who sort of have this they have, I would say, bigger voices than Casey Musgraves does, and especially, you know, with them obviously purposely giving Carrie Underwood the I will always love you part for the majority of the time they were doing the tribute. I think, you know, when they set that up, they were well aware of whose voices work best for what, and I think that's what kind of made the Dolly tribute really cool to watch. Oh, I loved that tribute so much. I mean, I also watched the award show because Casey was performing. I love her, which also surprises a lot of my friends. Loved both of her outfits that night, like her purple Christian Siriano cupcake dress, as I call it. Loved her lipstick, too, with that look. And then that mini dress that she wore on stage. Oh, and the shoes. 
I just want that outfit. <laughs> but she did an incredible job. And I, I think it is important to talk about the Dolly tribute because how many times have we talked about, I will always love you on this podcast, like a lot. It's one of those songs and it comes full circle to hear it as a country song the way Dolly recorded it and not the way Whitney recorded it. Right. Well, you know, they weren't actually that different. I think Whitney just had such a bigger voice than Dolly. She has that that note, like that really ridiculously high note that I believe we talked about during the song machine discussion. Right. Where it's that specific, the money note or something like that. Yeah. And I think because when you listen to Carrie sing it, it didn't really, it just sounded like she was singing the song. It didn't sound like she was singing either Dolly's version or Whitney's version. And I think, you know, Whitney just kind of gave that song a bigger platform because, you know, sometimes it being country the bodyguard. music is such a genre that's kind of inside itself. It doesn't really get these outside people contributing or listening to it and I know there have been exceptions you know like Tim McGraw did a song with Nelly and you know then now Beyonce performed with the Dixie Chicks and so we're sort of starting to see these outside influences kind of come in and contribute here and there to country music and Nelly has done that more than once because oh yeah that Florida Georgia Line cruise song uh actually while you bring up the country influences and outside stuff that makes me think of the cmt program crossroads right i'm I'm, you're familiar with that right yeah and i think you know that is a very specific thing that i feel like most people probably don't know about it but i think that's more so because i it doesn't feel like they're very consistent with it I don't feel like they advertise it either because I'm currently Googling this right now as we speak because the one that's coming to mind features Katy Perry. Right. That's the one with Casey Musgraves. And then Taylor Swift did one with Def Leppard and Sugarland did one with Bon Jovi. And I know there have been some others. And I believe Fallout Boy did one. Oh, hold on. Let's see here. Wikipedia actually has a listing. So Lucinda Williams and Elvis Costello was the first show, and that was all the way back in 2002, along with Hank Williams Jr. and Kid Rock. Very interesting. Um, Ryan Adams and Elton John have done one. Uh, Let's see. Dolly Parton and Melissa Etheridge. These are going back into the early 2000s, so maybe I should go look for, like, more recent ones. Uh, oh, like Kenny Rogers and Lionel Richie. Yeah, and the thing with Crossroads Crossroads is it's not hitting that mainstream audience because it's only airing on, you know, the CMT channel and not everyone is going to get that. But when you have something like the CMA is airing on ABC during the week, it's like more people are going to probably be inclined to turn to that just because it's on you know, one of the main network channels. It's not on this channel that you have to have, you know, like the 50 plus channel cable package to even get in the first place. And I think, you know, I don't know what the numbers are like for Crossroads, but I imagine the award shows are way better than any Crossroads episode has ever done. And to kind of 
bring these people together because when you think of the Grammys and, you know, the VMAs and that sort of thing, country music isn't really a huge focus during those. I know, obviously, the Grammys, yes, they have the country categories, but it's like they aren't going to be the stars of the Grammys by any means, even when they do perform. It's like everyone's going to be focused on, you know, Kanye or Beyonce or whoever performs at those instead. And Unless it's Taylor Swift. Right. And with Taylor Swift going over to pop, it's like she doesn't really have much to do with the country world anymore. I know she did present an award, but I mean, they had Peyton Manning presenting an award. So, you know, presenting yeah, doesn't... Yeah, Manning was singing that stupid nationwide jingle on the CMAs too. But going back to this, it also isn't as frequent, the Crossroads, as it used to be. Right. Like, the next one that's coming up is Maren Morris and Alicia Keys. And that'll be airing in December. Yeah. The Fall Out Boy one was with the band Perry, and that aired all the way back in 2013. Actually, I now, like, I'm looking at these track listings, too, and now I got to go watch some of these because they sound really good. Although I don't think I'll watch Jason Derulo and Luke Bryan. Yeah, and I mean, it's going to be harder to schedule the Crossroads events because you have to work around recording schedules, touring schedules, but, you know, award shows typically happen the same time every year, and it's like people know when they happen, and especially for something like the CMAs, it's like at this specific one... It's kind of like, who wasn't at this one? I don't know if I saw Blake Shelton at all, but he's also doing The Voice right now. Uh, Cassidy Pope was there. I know that much. Uh, Did not like her outfit. But um, the CMAs aired during Game 7 of the World Series. So I know during commercial breaks, my mom and I were flipping between the baseball game and the award show. And closer to the end of the award show... We started yelling during commercial breaks, and that probably wasn't a good thing, and our heart rates kept going up and up and up, and then Beyonce and the Dixie Chicks happened. Right. So then you had me already an emotional wreck because of baseball, Uh, and then you throw on Beyonce performing my absolute favorite song off of Lemonade with the Dixie Chicks, and just feelings everywhere. Just a mess. We should talk about that, actually. Right, and... What was interesting to me was that they only did a Beyonce song because I felt like, you know, there are plenty of Dixie Chicks songs that could have easily gone well with Daddy Lessons because the Dixie Chicks kind of have here for Beyonce singing Not Ready to Make Nice or even on the more comical side of things, Goodbye Earl. Right, because Dixie Chicks sort of have that attitude that, you know, other country groups or artists don't really have necessarily and especially for the time period when the Dixie Chicks released all of these songs it's just like you know they made such big waves in country music at the time and I feel like Beyonce does that a lot within you know the pop music world and it would have been really cool if they had done you know maybe a little medley Instead of just doing a straight Beyonce song. And while I'm sure a lot of the country artists were familiar with the song, the fact that Beyonce's album is only on Tidal, I feel like that sort of takes out a lot of the fans who have never heard the song before. So I think, you know, they would have gotten a little less backlash 
from you but, know country music fans if they had mixed you know two songs together or something and at least let the dixie chicks sing one of their songs i keep saying but like there's a big but coming through here lemonade might be a title only exclusive and i may or may not be on my third free trial of title just because of it but after the cmas beyonce and the dixie chicks announced that there was a studio version of daddy lessons and it is available on soundcloud and as far as i know right now it should actually still be a free download which is awesome and that does allow the fan base that might not be familiar with Lemonade to at least get to hear one of the songs from the album, not played on the radio repeatedly. And as much as I loved the performance of the Dixie Chicks and Beyonce together, I was hoping for a studio version. And the studio version actually has become my favorite version of Daddy Lessons. It's, I like it more than Lemonade's version probably because it expands more on the country influences that Beyonce was trying to get. That deep southern, kind of like Zydeco sound, I want to say. And I did like that little interlude that was recorded for the studio version that was also performed at the CMAs. It kind of also expands on the song. Yeah, and I think the fact that they did that after you know, that doesn't help any of the people who were watching and had no clue what was going on because they didn't know what the song was. And I know there were country fans who were upset and then some of Beyonce's fans were upset. And then Kenny Chesney got thrown into the middle of it because I guess he kind of had a neutral face on the entire time while they were performing. And it didn't look like, you know, he was enjoying himself. But, you know, sometimes that happens. You kind of zone out when you're listening to music and it's just like you have a stonewall face on and you know then kenny had to go and explain he's like it's not that i don't like beyonce you guys just don't know what i was thinking about while they were performing and it's like you know i think fans went a little too crazy with the backlash on this performance a lot of people the cma is basically appeared to scrub everything about Beyonce and the Dixie Chicks from social media, but they said they, I believe they didn't do that because they, I don't know, it's just drama filled. I think it was more so because they were getting a lot of backlash and they were just like, we just don't want to deal with this anymore, so maybe we should just scrub it, which wasn't a good idea on their part. I don't know. I enjoyed the performance. I thought it was great, and I think it did definitely expose a lot more people to music they might otherwise not listen to it's just an interesting thing to see these genres just collide and crash into one another i know that natalie mains has been kind of quiet over the past few years since the whole bush incident right and this was basically their first big comeback performance of sorts and it it was great like they didn't do anything super political to tick everyone off which i feel like they should have that would have been much more fun to watch instead of people saying, oh, God, they're performing with Beyonce. This is why are they supporting this woman who appears to not support the police and all that stuff? Like a lot of the fans of country music are also super conservative. So, of course, they're going to have this preconceived notion based on the release of Formation's video earlier this year. And of course, they're just going to complain about everything for the sake of complaining because that's what they do. Right. And I think when you factor in that 
you know, you said a political performance might have been better, but you have to remember that a lot of country music fans aren't going to be voting the way you and I are. So, you right. know, that like might they are not... straight shot conservatives, the good old boys who enjoy male leadership in the patriarchy and all that stuff. Because, like, I mean, considering both Natalie Maines and Beyonce are from Texas, you know, that's obviously mm -hmm. not not necessarily the best state to be outspoken in, <laughs> you know. This is true. This is very true. I mean, Texas has also given us uh, Wendy Williams. No, not Wendy Williams. Oh, Wendy. Oh, God. Can't think of her name. Who spoke up about Planned Parenthood and basically gave Texas a huge F you. I want to live my life. Wendy Davis, I want to say. Oh, my God. I got to Google this. I, I think the fact that this is the 50th anniversary of the CMAs, I don't think it's something that should have been revolving around politics because 50 years for the CMAs is their own accomplishment and they shouldn't have to share that, you know, necessarily with the fact that the election was coming up soon. And I think they did the right thing by, you know, not doing a political song choice because we've all seen how that ended with the Dixie Chicks last time and then when they yes. got into their big beef with Toby Keith over you know political type stuff <laughs> and it it just oh, it Toby wasn't Keith. the time or the place to do that at the 50th anniversary of the CMAs because the point was to be celebrating you know all of these original older singers from country music that helped build up country music into what it was what it is today yeah i mean they definitely featured a lot of the big power players in the audience as well i mean it's impossible not to right and you know aside from that performance there were probably more performances during this cma award show than any other cmas before just because of the fact that you know this is a big milestone for them and you know we had oh, definitely. Garth Brooks and Trisha Yearwood, or as they were saying, Mr. and Mrs. Trisha Yearwood, <laughs> on stage together. All right. Can we talk about how great Brad and Carrie are as award show hosts? I want them to host everything from now on. <laughs> yeah. And they've been hosting this for quite a while together now. And I think, you know... Whenever you host something for the first time, it's not going to be perfect, but they've kind of built up this rapport with each other. And, you know, I think every single time Brad has done the whole playing guitar and they sing songs and, you know, it, it gets a little crazy. And yeah, I think. And Carrie and her 50,000 wardrobe changes, too, to celebrate the fashion of the CMAs as well. Right. And even, you know, Brad made a little comment about that during the show. And yeah, where he she's focusing on the good outfits of the past 50 years and he gets the uh, bad ones. Right. <laughs> and, you know, then they have their little jokes that they make towards the other country artists. And it's kind of like you won't necessarily get them if you haven't been following country music. A lot because like the whole thing with Tim and Faith was hilarious, but I think because country music has such a dedicated fan base, it's like 
they know these jokes are going to land with this audience. And, you know, if they did something like hosting the Grammys, not I don't think all of the jokes would necessarily land as well, just because you have such a bigger demographic watching the Grammys as opposed to the CMAs. Or just insert stone-faced Kanye in place of all their jokes, you know? (laughs) And I think, you know, I feel like country music feels like much more of a family than a lot of other genres do. Because even when, you know, it's time for the Album of the Year Award or Entertainer of the Year Award, it's like they're all so happy for each other no matter who wins. Whereas, you know, when you have the Grammys and you get a bunch of different genres for album of the year, record of the year. And it's like, it's not as friendly of an environment. And I think we've seen that over the years. Oh, you mean like Taylor uh, Swift throwing some shade about not winning certain things? And even, maybe obviously Kanye has interrupted. And then when Beck won recently, I know. uh, No, I think that was two years ago. Yeah. When he won recently, I know it, a lot of people were not happy with that decision. And, you know, it. I think it even confused a lot of, you know, fans watching the Grammys because I'm sure a lot of them were like, who on earth is Beck? You know? Oh, it's like Arcade Fire when they won right. a few years ago as well, or even Boney Bear. Sometimes the Grammys just love confusing the folks who watch it, and it's great. Even as a fan watching the CMAs, it's like, I want all of them to win, you know? It's like, I don't oh want to have to pick one. But then with the Grammys, it's easier to just be like, oh, I want them to win and them to win and them to win. Watching it with my parents is a little interesting because my mom, of course, threw some shade at me. She's like, you don't listen to country music. You probably don't appreciate this as much as your father and I do. And I'm just sitting there kind of giving them the side eye, just like, I was at an Americana Fest this summer. I appreciate this more than you think I do, and I'm not as clueless as you think I am. But you know, parents. But watching my dad and this award show was just hilarious because, oh God, he danced. If he had started singing along, we probably would have just thrown him out of the house. (laughs) Um, He was rooting for certain people, and he just doesn't get into his board shows as much as my mom and I do. Right. Because I'm pretty sure he actually, like, just checked out halfway through, maybe even a third of the way through, went upstairs to his bedroom and watched the baseball game instead. Although, I think I did catch him watching a clip of Beyonce, which was weird, and I'm kind of hoping he never finds out that it's a free download because he'll download it and play it and kill it for me. Dads. Gotta love them. But... He did end up missing some of the performances he probably would have enjoyed. Like, I know I texted you about how I wasn't expecting Rhiannon Giddens of the Carolina Chocolate Drops to make an appearance, and she sang with Eric Church, and it was wonderful and lovely, and I loved it so much. Yeah, and And I think they actually do that song together normally, or they did a studio version together, because I wasn't familiar with who she was so I went and googled it and it's like she kept coming up performing with him so it wasn't you know a one-time huh. thing they had performed I might together actually have elsewhere. to find this I don't care for Eric Church that much but I really love Rhiannon and I know I sent you over the Bob Dylan cover she did with Iron and Wine for Parenthood right and 
it is decidedly undylan like and it's wonderful and i know my yugo studio has played it a few times <laughs> but she's so talented and i like that she kind of does have an appearance within different genres in the scene because it um, wow i can't talk um the Carolina chocolate drops are more along the scale of folk Americana. This summer at that fest I was at, Red Wing, the Dom Flemons trio performed, and the, uh, I guess, ringleader, for lack of a better word, Dom Flemons is also in Carolina chocolate drops. So it's interesting to see that kind of how she can still be considered country but still kind of make that crossover into more like the indie sphere I guess I should say right and I think you know this CMA show and the performances really showed how many people outside of country music are still drawing influences from you know some older country artists and whatnot because you know the minute I heard Daddy Lessons by Beyonce, I was like, this is very, you know, country influenced. And with her being from Texas, it makes sense. And, you know, then L King does a song with Dirks Bentley and she's playing banjo on the song. So it's mm-hmm. like you're getting all of these pop artists and R&B artists and, you know, what have you. And they're drawing all of these different influences. And I feel like it's starting to get really hard to pin down exact genres for a lot of these artists because I know Justin Timberlake's working on more music and he had some songs on his 2020 albums that, you know, could kind of go a lot of different ways. Like you could see blues influence in some songs, country influence in other songs. And, you know, he performed with Chris Stapleton. Yeah, the Chris Stapleton thing last year. Um, my friend from high school said that as much as she loved the Dixie Chicks and Beyonce together, she doesn't think anything will top JT and Chris Stapleton. And speaking of Chris Stapleton, uh, James and I were texting during part of the CMAs. And I can't unsee this at all. He texted me, Cam Boucher equals Chris Stapleton. I'm hoping I said Cam's name right. I always say things wrong. I'm sorry. But I, I can't unsee that. Chris looks like a fatter Cam. And I saw Sorority Noise last night, and I was actually very tempted to bring Cam a cowboy hat just to kind of see that correlation even more. But I didn't. Also, I'm glad I didn't because he was really sick, and I'm hoping he's feeling 100% better today. But it's just, it's really funny. That James, of all people, said that. Right. And James, you know, is another person who probably doesn't really follow country music all that much. No. Because we were, I, I was telling him how excited I was about Casey performing. He was like, who? <laughs> and uh, I kind of had to explain her to him. But, you know, small things. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, obviously, we've already mentioned a good chunk of these performances. And... I think they just did a really good job covering a lot of different people and songs that were, you know, the big influences in country music. And the fact that, you know, they were able to get it all done in one night is pretty impressive. Well, I think they went about 20 minutes over the allotted time that they were supposed to. But, you know, 
Award shows usually tend to go over because people like to talk and people ignore the music playing off. Right. And it's just really funny that of all of all the award shows, that one would definitely go over. I mean, Dolly even had to cut some of her speech short. She's right. like, they're telling me I'm running out of time. So you can't play off Dolly Parton. It's like an unwritten rule, I swear. Yeah, and I think because they packed it with so many performances, they were kind of only giving people, you know, like 10 seconds to thank everyone and this sort of thing. And obviously it it would be nice if we could have award shows that don't have to account for commercials because I feel like they could, you know, squeeze a lot more stuff in. Yeah. Or, you know, end on time. But unfortunately, with the way, you know, network TV is going, they cannot afford to do that. And, you know, that's a whole different story for a whole different podcast. <laughs> and None of us are ad majors here. And I think, you know, with what they had as far as time-wise and everything, they did a great job. And I really love their play on Designated Survivor because I'm watching yes. that TV show right now. And the fact that they made it Billy Ray Cyrus was just so, so great. Oh, my gosh. That I cracked up watching that, honestly. What better person to have than Billy Ray Cyrus? Yeah. And going back to the performances and the whole pop thing, when I saw Thomas Rhett in the audience for the first time, I was like, oh, what's John Mayer doing at the award show? (laughs) because he kind of looks like him and then he started playing on stage and i was just like well it's official this guy might be the john mayer of country music he kind of looks like him i'm getting kind of a john mayer guitar vibe from him i'm a terrible person yeah i don't think i got that at all from him (laughs) i mean my friend that i was texting actually she understood where i was coming from she could actually see that and, I mean, she's she's definitely the person I will go to for country music things. And I told her how, uh, how embarrassed I was and how just bad I feel about loving Old Dominion's snapback song, which threw her for a complete loop because this is not something I would generally love. And it was nominated for something this year, I know that much, but... The only reason I love that song so much is because it sounds like a Josh Ritter song. Uh, Getting Ready to Get Down, I believe is the one. And of course, I told this to her and she said, wait, who's Josh Ritter? (laughs) Oh, I need to send her that song now that I'm thinking about it. But yeah, like it's interesting to kind of see how things go, go like that. Yeah, well, do you have any final thoughts on the performance or do you want to skip right to recommendations? You know, overall, I enjoyed the performances. As a not-CMA religious watcher, I guess there's no better way to say that, but I enjoyed them. I liked it. I understood the opening song medley. I thought it was great that they did that. I recognized a lot of the older artists that were featured in it. And the only two performances I did not care for at all were Florida Georgia Line and Luke Bryan. But that is because they are bro country artists, and I just don't care for bro country. And that's probably because, I don't know, it's it's totally a thing, though. You can look it up. It's on Wikipedia. 
I think I've snarked about it a few times with my friends. I think James might have snarked about it a while ago. But it's a thing. And I wish it wasn't. Yeah, and I, I thought it was a good award show all around, too. But I think, you know, obviously next year won't be as, you know, star-powered there. Because, like I said, they had practically everyone who is someone in country music there who's, you know, still alive. Wait, wait, was Willie Nelson there? I don't think I saw him there. I don't remember because I watched it over like two or three days <laughs> or something. I don't think he was, honestly. But who knows? Know. He might have gotten in trouble again. Who knows? <laughs> this is Willie Nelson Ugh. we're talking about. Willie, stop taking your weed everywhere. But, you know, they had a ton of people there and it's way more than they typically have. So... It was definitely a fully-fledged <laughs> dedication to country music, and I think, you know, that kind of wraps up our discussion on that, but do you have anything for recommendations this week? I do. I really do. <laughs> it's great. So, the Hamilton mixtape has been announced, and I am looking forward to that because some of it is reworkings of Hamilton songs by artists like Kelly Clarkson, Ben Folds, Regina Spector, The Roots, etc. And with the announcement of the oh and it also features some tracks that didn't actually make it onto the Hamilton soundtrack. It's something Lynn Manuel has been putting together for quite some time now. And when the record pre-order announcement dropped, two tracks dropped along with it and they are definitely available on Apple Music, on Spotify, and on title of all places, but it is The Roots and Busta Rhymes and Nate Roos from Fun and Format and some other person. I got to go look this up. It, it's definitely some other person, but they did a remix, the Rise Up remix of My Shot, which is a great track. It is awesome. It is upbeat. It's also on YouTube. Uh, no, it's not telling me the full full track or full band listing anyway the other track that dropped from the hamilton mixtape that you can listen to now is kelly clarkson's absolutely gut-wrenching hits you right in the feels version of it's quiet uptown and i saw a tweet from her that said when she recorded that song she was pregnant and that just makes it even more emotional and as soon as I heard it, I had chills. I was trying to hold back tears. And it's probably good I followed up that song with my shot because that made me so much energized and I didn't want to cry. So go listen to those tracks. They're very good. And the Hamilton mixtape should be out. <sighs> I have no idea when it's coming out. It should be out within the next few months. Um, has a release date. I'm just going to open a BuzzFeed article. Because this is what my life has come to. I'm using BuzzFeed as a legitimate news source. Ah, yes. So it's available for pre-order now. It is finished. And why doesn't it have a release date? Okay, maybe BuzzFeed is not the best. Oh, it apparently drops on December 2nd. So a few weeks, not a few months. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, I'm out of it. But it also features Aloe Black, Ashanti, um... Lin-Manuel, obviously. The Roots definitely have a few songs on here. Oh, and Jimmy Fallon will be... Oh my gosh. Jimmy Fallon and The Roots are doing You'll Be Back. 
which if you're not familiar with Hamilton, uh, I think that falls under the line of what Jonathan Groff did and as the king, and that's kind of really funny. So there's that. Nice. Anything else, or is that your sole recommendation for oh, the week? Nope, that is my sole recommendation of the week. Awesome, and I only I'm have... doing a good job sticking straight to music. <laughs> yeah, and I only have one recommendation this week as well, and it's Maren Morris's latest album, Hero. It's likely going to end up on my end-of-the-year list, and, you know, the song you mentioned earlier, My Church, is off that record, and her other single that has been playing all over country airwaves is 80s Mercedes, and the whole album is just fun to listen to and you know she has this sort of fresh attitude that she's bringing to country music and it's just great to listen to and I definitely need to go back and listen to her older stuff because this is my first introduction to her as I'm sure it is for a lot of people because you know like I mentioned she's just now started making it big and I think you know she's going to be an artist who's going to do really well now that you know she's been acknowledged in the country music scene in such a big way oh definitely and her performance if you haven't seen it it's worth watching i enjoyed it greatly yeah well that covers everything for this week so as always thank you guys for listening and we hope you enjoy the rest of your day